Will the Tigers split a four-game set against the Oakland A's? Not what anyone wanted. I think uh, it's safe to say that everyone expected them to at least win this series. We'll talk about that. Uh, Then we'll talk about some season stats that are already set in stone as we come to the end of the season. And then we will talk about Miguel Cabrera's final week in the majors. All today on Locked on Tigers. You are Locked on Tigers. Your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Tigers. I'm, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Today is Monday, September 25th, 2023. Thank you so much for making Locked On Tigers your first listen. Every single day, we are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. Part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team, every day. Swing for the fences on sleeper picks, and you can win up to 100 times your money. Download the sleeper app and use promo code LOCKDOWN, and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See sleeper's terms of use for details. Currently operational in over 30 states. Check out sleeper today. All righty. Well, the Tigers split a four-game series against up to this point the worst team of the decade right we're not even halfway through the decade but up to this point I mean this is the worst team of the 20s right I think that's pretty safe to say and it's weird saying that (laughs) like my whole life the 20s was like you know very very long time ago but now we're like technically in the 20s that's a different philosophical conversation uh so the Tigers split Against the A's, I mean, disappointing, obviously. Like, it's one of those situations where uh, even though you split, you didn't lose the series, uh, you definitely feel like you should have done better. And that that's objectively true. They're, they're, th- this Tigers team is going to finish like 25-ish, more than 25 games better than the Oakland A's. And they're going to go, you know, the, the, currently they're like nine-ish games under 500, right? The Tigers are exactly 10 games under. I can just do this exactly. 73 and 83. The Oakland A's are 48 and 108. So you're exactly 25 games better than the Oakland Athletics. And you split with them. On the road, which usually would be a reason to be like, oh, it was on the road, dude. Calm down. But for this team, apparently they don't play well in Detroit and only play well on the road. So that's even more of a, uh, a bad thing, a negative to, to slam them with, if anything. Um, and, and after this weekend, the Tigers officially have a losing record against the Oakland A's in 2023. You know, we're, we're just at a really weird point in this rebuild where I, I'm trying to figure out how to articulate this well. and I've been struggling with it all day. We're at a really weird point where even the most pessimistic fan in the world can find stats that support them, right? This offense is still very bad. It grades out very poorly. We have a losing record to the Oakland A's. We're terrible at home. The list goes on and on. But the most pessimistic, optimistic is the word, the most optimistic fan also has plenty of stats that they can point to and they can be right, right? Over 500 on the road. We'll talk about that later on in the show. Uh, Some really good numbers from a lot of pitchers, right? Some improvements from some key hitters. 
the month of August, as far as the home run ball went. Like there, there's a lot of, of stuff that you can point to in that area as well. So it's just like, it, it just comes with the territory of where we are at in, in this process. It's ugly, man. It's, it's not linear. The, the, the growth of, of a team is not, if it was as simple as just like, oh, you tear everything down and then it'll naturally just build back up and whatever, then like that's what everyone would do all the time and it would always work and it doesn't. And like that is exactly why the next two winters are going to be vital. They are so unbelievably important. This offseason and 2024 offseason are going to be two of the most important offseasons in recent memory. And, like, I don't expect a ton of additions, a ton of additions this offseason, at least, like, big-name additions because there's not really a free agent market full of big names. Um, but over the next two years, this team should take substantial strides in the right direction. And if they don't, something has gone horrifically wrong. Okay, so it's just we're at this point we'll, we'll kind of – wrangle this conversation in back to this weekend where like, yes, obviously I'm disappointed. They, they should have done better. They lost to a bad team. This is a bad major league product. The A's are trying to lose games. They're upset that they even split. Okay. Like they are trying to be as bad as possible. And the Tigers let them off the hook for two games. The players obviously aren't trying to lose by the way, just, you know, before that gets misconstrued. Um, but it, it's it's just it, – so it's frustrating, but um, I, it's also tough. I guess I'm kind of jumping the gun on this conversation. But, like, it's, it's also tough for me to get super upset about these losses, even though they are to the Oakland A's, because, like, we can play the lineup game right now. How many people on this lineup are going to be starters next season? A third of the lineup? It's less than half. Right, you're gonna have over half of this lineup not be on the opening day lineup next season. So, like, what am, we got a week until the offseason? What am I gonna get red in the face mad about? You know, Torgelson will be here, Rogers will be here, Javi Baez will be here. Those guys are all opening day starters, guaranteed, barring injury. Next on on opening day in 2024, Parker Meadows, I think, is very likely. I don't think he's like a hundred percent lock like those other three. But I think that it's very likely uh, that Parker Meadows is the is the center fielder of this baseball team next year. So even if you pencil him in, that's four. Matt Veerling, far from a lock, right? Could absolutely be a super utility type of player next season. Andy Ibanez, no, not a lock. Uh, Nevin, just straight up, no, won't be. McKinstry, straight up, no, won't be. Zach Short, straight up, no, won't be. Miguel Cabrera retiring, absolutely won't be. So... It, again, like it's just it's very difficult for me to be like, oh, like this, you know, I'm 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 not as optimistic or like, oh, like we we lost to the Oakland A's. This is terrible. Like we got a week left in the season, and most of these guys aren't going to be at least starting ball games next year for this team. And that's kind of where my eyes have shifted to. All right, we got a fun winter with a lot to talk about. The pluses from this weekend. We're on the pitching side of things. We'll talk about kind of how brutal the offense was a little bit later, but the starting pitching was fantastic. It's certainly not is is not their fault that uh, that the Tigers struggled this weekend um, and like struggled. They split, but like, yeah, they struggled. We'll, we'll, I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole again. They absolutely struggled. They should have taken at least three from this ball from this ball club. We said it on 
Friday's show. Um, but the starting pitching was great. Erod on Sunday, uh, it was his sixth start of the season where he went seven or more innings of shutout ball. And no Tiger, he's tied Verlander in 2011, I believe is the stat. No Tiger's done that since 2011. This is That was a World Series team in 2012. For my money, the best roster in baseball in 2013 and a rotation with five either current or eventual Cy Young winners on it in 2014. And Erod, you know, surpassed all of them in a stat. Kind of an arbitrary stat, but still a cool thing to hear. Nonetheless, he's had a great year. And, and obviously the big, you know, question mark and the, the big uh, conversation surrounding him is what's going to happen this offseason. Um, I, I still, you know, he's clearly healthy. He started this game. He went seven innings. Clearly that injury was just a, a, a scare and it's nothing serious. I, I, <laughs> I, I would be shocked if he opted in. Uh, you're going to have to, if you want to keep him, rework the contract in some capacity. We'll see the extent that the Tigers are willing to go to make that happen. Uh, but he's made a very, very fascinating conversation for himself this winter because of how well he has performed this year. And the second half wasn't as good as the first half. That's kind of hard to live up to because the first half was legitimately uh, one of the best pitchers in the American League. Like it was him and Sonny Gray until his injury, right? It were the two best pitchers in the AL. So, um, yeah, not quite uh, living up to that. His ERA has been over four in the second half, but he hasn't been terrible either. He's had some walk, you know, issues lately as well. I'm still not like too worried big picture about it, um, but we won't have to like really think and talk big picture about Erod's walk problems if he's not on the team next year. So that's kind of a, a conversation I'm willing to kick the can down the road to the offseason um, and uh, and have that in our kind of player wrap ups for that we're going to do for everybody this fall. But all in all, a, uh, a nice outing uh, still had some high walk numbers, but kept zeros on the board. That's really all that matters at the end of the day. And uh, worked his way through it on a, on a not good lineup. So good for him. Sawyer Gibson Long, the other starter from the weekend. They had a bullpen day was the uh, was the third game. So with no starter in that game. Although Joey Wentz wasn't bad. Uh, we will talk about that right after I tell you all about our new friends over at DoorDash. If you need fresh groceries for the week, but you don't have time to go to the store, you should try grocery delivery from DoorDash. You'll get everything you want delivered when you need it right to your door. You've trusted DoorDash to deliver restaurant favorites, and now you can get grocery delivery that actually delivers too. You'll get exactly what you ordered, or they'll make it right. So sit back and enjoy quality groceries just like you picked. Uh, If you want more value, you can save on all your grocery and restaurant favorites with a $0 delivery fee on all eligible orders with a Dash Pass membership. You can also get 50% off of your first DoorDash order or up to a $20 value when use code, when you use, goodness, I can't speak, golly, when you use code locked on MLB at checkout, limited time order terms apply. That's 50% off up to $20, no minimum subtotal and a $0 delivery fee on your first order when you do- download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter promo code LOCKEDONMLB. Don't forget, that's promo code LOCKEDONMLB for 50% off for your first order from DoorDash. All right, everybody, welcome back here. Segment two of Locked On Tigers. Appreciate you all for tuning in, making us your first listen every single day. Shout out to the everydayers that do tune in every day. We'll be back tomorrow. Tomorrow, I don't know... Everything we're going to talk about tomorrow, but one of the things we're talking about tomorrow is going to be who the Tigers are sending to the Arizona Fall League. We're going to shift to some off-season conversations, the last off day of the year. 
Um, and so, yeah, I think it's important to highlight that because there's some really interesting names with some really interesting situations. We have some position changes, et cetera. Uh, Arizona Fall League always uh, kind of a the the signal for the offseason being here. So we'll talk about who the Tigers are going to send to get some more reps this uh, fall. Back to this weekend, Tigers uh, split with the Oakland A's. Sir Gibson Long was very effective. And, um, you know, well, in innings two through five, he was pretty effective. The first inning, he struggled with command. He openly admitted it after the game. Um, not the most surprising thing in the world to see a guy with like a single digit amount of starts uh, st- struggle with his command a little bit. But yeah, I, I don't know how you can't be super optimistic about it. And like when looking big picture, at what he's done this year, right? Like you're talking about a guy who was traded for half a year of Michael Fulmer. And on top of that, on top of the fact that he was traded for just half a year of Michael Fulmer, um, he has injected a lot of optimism into this fan base and front office on what his heights can be in just a September call up. Like that, that's all you can ask for, Right. You're not going to get the most efficient outing ever in this dude's fourth or fifth major league start. Okay. You're not going to get the the, the most perfect pitching you've ever seen, right? You're not going to get the most perfect tunneling you've ever seen. All you can ask for in a September call up for a guy that was traded for half a year of Michael Fulmer is him to show you how good his stuff is. And he has absolutely done that. And I think everyone has realized it very, very quickly. This dude has nasty stuff. He's got a good slider. He's got a very under-the-radar fastball. He just hasn't thrown it too terribly often. He's got a cutter that I think next year they'll utilize a lot more. I think it's just kind of like a newer thing. They don't want to have him uh, throw it too terribly much this year. Um, and that changeup, I legitimately believe, has the ceiling of being like a plus-plus pitch at the Major League level. I am so unbelievably impressed with Sawyer Gibson Long's change piece. Um, I, I've loved what I've seen and I'm not sure how you can really not love what you've seen out of him this, uh, so far in, in his September call. Now there's still a long way to go. I'm not anointing him. Like he's definitely going to be a starter long-term or anything there. I, I don't think you should go into next year, assuming that he will be, I think you should go sign enough starting pitchers so that he's not in the opening day rotation. I think we're, we're still far away from that, but uh, like Joey Wentz had a sub two ERA in September of last year, right? Like we, we have a long way to go, but he has done as good as you can possibly do given his situation. He has just gone out there and proved that the stuff is good. He has a major league caliber stuff that can take him to the heights of a starter long-term down the road. So hats off to him. He's done a fantastic job. The other game was a bullpen day. Joey Wentz, uh, look, I- I'm not like here to tell you, oh, like he only gave up two runs and was he, he went five and two thirds, I want to say. Uh, and so, yeah, like I'm not telling you that that was like the turnaround performance. And look, he only gave up, he only gave up two runs to the, you know, maybe sub 50 win Oakland A's. Uh, but it- it's nice to see him get some opportunities still late in the season. It's nice to see him not get rocked. We've talked about it a billion times. This dude just doesn't have a major league fastball at the moment. And I'm sure that that's going to be a big thing for him this off season. Um, so yeah, it, w- it was nice to see a solid outing from him, but we have a long way to go before a lot of people are changing their opinion on Joey Wentz. Um, I'm still one of the few people. I still think there's a major league pitcher in there. I think he's a pitch away. 
Now it's the most important pitch in, in baseball <laughs> is a good fastball. But um, I, I think he's one pitch away from, from doing that. So we'll see what he does this offseason. We'll see how he looks going into spring next year. Um, and then, yeah, the rest was all just pure relievers, and it wasn't very good. Uh, Sunday was obviously great. They ended up throwing a shutout on Sunday. But, uh, yeah, Friday and Saturday, the bullpen kind of spit up on itself, certainly on Friday in a big way. Uh, and I think the biggest reason for that is they're taxed. They're so taxed. And, like, I, this is why – uh, you know, I, I've been so adamant on like this offseason, you have to get innings out of your starting rotation. And when we talk about managerial decisions, why I'm so adamant in like June and May about like innings and how we're, we're managing and laying out innings, you know, innings management is huge all year round. And the reason why it's important early in the year and in the middle of the year and in August is because. Then you get to September and all your best relievers start letting up and giving up a lot more hard contact. Jason Foley, the ERA isn't like 15 or anything, um, but like his ERA is up to like two seven and it was around two all year. It was around two. And now he's given up enough runs where like he's, you know, if he has one or two more outings the rest of the season and gives up runs in those, he's going to end with a three ERA. And that's like not a reflection of how good he was this season. But he's he's been used a lot. He's been an absolute workhorse. Tyler Holton, we talked about last week, has like 80 innings out of the bullpen, over 80 innings out of the bullpen now. He gave up a homer this weekend. Like, that's just the point you're at in the season. And that is why you need to go get starting pitching innings this winter. And you can't just roll into next to next spring with the assumption that all of these guys that were either hurt or are young and like haven't even pitched a full season in the majors are just going to give you 150, 170, 200 innings. You also probably need a reliever, but that's a conversation we'll save for the off season. You'll you probably need to go sign some relievers as well, but um, that that's just, uh, that's my opinion on just like why we're seeing a little bit of a let up here. Jason Foley's been getting hit harder than he has all season. Um, and uh, I think it's just, uh, he's been an absolute horse <laughs> for this baseball team this year. So, uh, and I think that's a reflection of the, the entire bullpen and not just the Jason Foley issue. Like again, like Friday, they were terrible against a bad team. Saturday, they, they allowed some runs. Sunday, again, not bad. But uh, like Will Vest letting up a little bit. He's had injury problems this season as well. Uh, if we can just end on a strong note, you know, nip it in the bud and and, uh, and go get this last week of the season, just end on a high note, I think I'll be happy. But uh, if they continue to give up runs, I know what I think the reason why is. And uh, I just explained it to you. So um, let's talk about the offense, and then we'll get into just some stats to end the season. I talked about it mostly at the beginning of the show. I kind of jumped the gun on that conversation, but I couldn't help myself. So uh, let's get uh, let's finish this weekend, though, and then we'll get into uh, we got Miguel Cabrera conversation as well. But first, got to tell you all about our friends over at game time. Nope, not game time. Sleeper. Wrong button. Boom. The MLB playoffs are right around the corner, which means the clock is ticking on your chance to 100 times your cash on daily fantasy baseball. Baseball has never been more exciting than it is now. We have playoffs right around the corner. There's nothing better than playoff baseball. I'm so pumped. I miss the Tigers being in, you know, playing in October. But I, I am so, so, so excited for the postseason this year. Um, and you have great players like Acuna, Betts, obviously Shohei Otani, even though he's hurt right now. 
you can pick more or less on all these stats for these stars, like home runs, hits, strikeouts, and more. And if you're right, you get up to 100 times your payout on Sleeper. Get your picks right, and you could win big. Use promo code LOCKDOWN, and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. All right, everybody, welcome back here. Third and final segment of Locked On Tigers. Appreciate you all for tuning in, making us your first listen every day. Uh, the offense, I don't really have a ton to say about the offense. And, like, maybe this is a cop-out, but, like, with a week left in the season and at the game that we played at the beginning of the show, right, a week left in the season and more than half of these guys are not going to be in the 2024 lineup. It's hard for me to get really worked up over the struggles that they had. Spencer Torgelson, I guess, is the one exception. He is going to be a starter next year. He finally got a hit with the bases loaded. Crazy stat that that was his first hit with the bases loaded in his entire career, but a very true stat nonetheless. Um, and yeah, like he he was the kind of the the exception to what I was talking about earlier, where I was like, you know, this team was awful with risk. They were terrible with risk all weekend. They went like two for nine on Sunday, one for eight on Saturday, one for five or four, I think, on Friday. They were awful. They were dreadful in clutch hitting. But as we talked about last week, dog, like this is a that that's not an attribute that like oh like what tool do you have? Oh, I just hit well with risk. Like that doesn't exist, right? In like big sample sizes, it doesn't exist. I know I'm going to get a Zach short comment, but like in in legitimate like full season sample size, there's no one that's made their entire career just out of like hitting well with risk. Like you're either a good hitter and you can hit with risk, or you're a poor hitter. And over a big sample size, you probably don't hit too well with risk. So like it's it's a it's an attribute in which I get frustrated about it because the sign of a good baseball team is someone who comes through with runners in scoring position and takes advantage of those scoring opportunities. But this is a, a team that's going to finish with a bottom of the barrel OPS in baseball when compared to the other 29 teams in the sport. They're going to have one of the lowest run totals in baseball. They're going to have one of the lowest uh, slugging percentages in baseball. Like this offense still grades out in the bottom part of the league. So like, it's not, you know, like surprising that, that, uh, that they're not good with risk. It doesn't make it any less frustrating though. And Torkelson is the one who's going to be here long-term. And if he wants to be a middle of the lineup bat on a playoff team, he needs to do better in those situations. His batting average with risk in his major league career so far is barely, or sorry, this season rather, is just over 200 and his OPS is in the 600s in 2023. That's not good enough. And do I, am I saying that like he won't reach it? No. I, like I, I think it's ridiculous to say that he won't reach it. I think that's preposterous. We have seen him take steps forward. It's certainly not a guarantee that he will. I'm not trying to say he's a slam dunk shoe in to be, you know, some great clutch hitter that's going to have 120 RBIs at some point in his career. Very far from that. We have not seen enough to, to proclaim that either. But I like both extremes are just both as ridiculous. Like this is a, a guy who was was really not good last season, took big strides in 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 this season. But he also didn't become his finished product this season ever. That's not how player development works. He's taking steps. And the next step that he has to take is doing a lot better with runners in scoring position. Okay? 
So that's definitely a fair point and something to uh, that, that he needs to work on next season. I'm not expecting a big turnaround in the last week of the season this year. Um, but like he did well this weekend with nobody on. <laughs> like he, he he got some hits. He got some knocks. He did have the one again with uh, with the bases loaded on Sunday. Um, but like he he just needs to work on uh, changing his approach, really, or at least figuring out what his his approach is going to be on a consistent basis in those clutch situations, because time and time again, he has just not done well with them this year. But we saw strides this year. We saw some player development this year. Hopefully next year we can see some more strides from him. Um, yeah, but I guess that's really all I have to say about the offense. It's just like, again, it's hard for me to get red in the face, man, when like most of these dudes aren't going to be like starting. I, I, I'm not going to say not on the team. We have no idea what this offseason is going to hold. But they're not going to be starting next year, most of them. So, um, let's talk, uh, you know, the AOS as a whole, that's pretty much it for the weekend. The AOS as a whole, like just to reiterate my point from earlier in the show, like this is a, a team who has gone 500 in the season against Houston, 500 in the season against Seattle, one game under 500 against the Rangers, 500 against the angels and a losing record against the Oakland athletics. So like, again, there, there's stuff you can take and like, Hey, look. That's three good teams in the AL West. The Tigers played really well. They played the Mariners before they got hot. They played the Astros when they had some injuries. Um, the Rangers, I think, was pretty straight up. But, like, th there's excuses you can make across the board. But at the end of the day, they played teams that are much better than them well while also playing teams much worse than them poorly. And, like, that's just my point at, at the beginning. Like, th this is just we're at such an awkward time, right? It's like when you're growing up and you had like pimples all over your face for a couple of years. Like, it's like, all right, well, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that, that's the, the, the kind of like how I view where the tigers are at. It's like, yeah, this is just like the, the rough kind of growing pains. I had plenty of those growing up, right? Like the, it's just the growing pains of where they're at in the rebuild. They're better than the bottom of the barrel teams. They don't beat them a hundred percent of the time. But they can beat the better teams, but they also can give a fight to teams that are better than them, right? Like, it's just this awkward kind of in-between phase. And the next two off-seasons are going to determine if we take the step out of this, right? Because that's how rebuilds work. Like I said earlier, if everybody could just tear down and it guaranteed that they were going to be able to build back up, then every team, the second they started missing the playoffs would just do that immediately. And it would work hundred percent of the time. And no team would go 115 years without winning a ring and like, whatever. And that's clearly not true. The make or break point in every rebuild is where the tigers are about to be. I think it's next off season for me personally, but that means that this off season holds very significant importance as well. But like I, the make or break point, right? Like you're good and then you sell and then you purposely lose and then you come up a little bit and you start gaining momentum and then you hit the breaking point. And that breaking point is the moves you make when you are a middle of the road team, you either ascend and you go, okay, we, we made the right decisions. We got some good players. They're under control for a long time. We're taking off, right? And when you skyrocket up and you exit your rebuild and you've truly become a contender or you're the Detroit Pistons, not the current Detroit Pistons, calm down, but you're the Detroit Pistons for a decade from 2009 to 2019 where 
You're never bad enough to really like truly like tank tank and get like high end talent in the draft or or whatnot. Baseball is a little different. You can get talent a lot of other ways because of the minor leagues, but like you're never you're never like fully at the bottom of the barrel, but you're never over the hump and making the playoffs consistently either. And you just plateau. And then you get teams that have to enter second rebuilds before they even make the playoffs in their first rebuild, right? A la Detroit Pistons. Okay, so I, I think that this year, we'll, we'll talk about 2024. We don't have to go down rabbit, the rabbit hole there. But I think for 2023, like you finish with an over 500 record on the road. Good for you. That's a step in the right direction. It doesn't matter as much to me, not to be like cynical, but like I don't care as much because they were so bad at home. Like, does that make sense? Like, good teams that are contending, I want you to be good on the road. That's a that's a trait that not every good team has. But all good teams defend their home turf. So, like, being the anomaly and being the weird team that sucks at home, the, the stadium that they play in 81 times they're bad at, but the road, they're 500, I... I I don't like care as much. I, I care about winning games. I'm glad, <laughs> but like, I, I don't view that as like, a, Oh, they're just going to be this great road team forever. Win at home first. I'd much rather it was the other way around. That would at least make sense. I digress. Um, the Tigers will finish under 500 in 2023 for the seventh straight season as well. Again, like I'm just throwing a lot of final stats at you because that's where we're at in the season. But, I just I want to prove my point of like you can any any type of fan, no matter where you sit on the fence of optimistic or pessimistic or right in the middle or like whatever, there's plenty of stats to prove everybody right. And that's just the kind of the gross part they're at in this rebuild. Okay. We'll end the show by talking about Miguel Cabrera entering his final week of his major league baseball career. He has played his final road game as a Detroit Tiger. Played his final road game as a major league baseball player. That's crazy. That's super, super crazy. I've said this before, but uh, I was born in the late nineties. I'm in my mid twenties and Miguel Cabrera has been on my baseball team since I was in elementary school and not like fifth grade, like about to be in middle school, like, like the middle of elementary school. That's crazy. That's wild. Like next year will be the first time (laughs) since I was in like third grade or something crazy, fourth grade, where Miguel Cabrera wasn't on the Detroit Tigers roster. One week left of greatness. Comerica sounds like it's going to be packed all week. We got six games left. They're all at home. Uh, I know Sunday, I'm pretty sure the broadcast said was already sold out and has been for a while, but uh, apparently there's still a couple of tickets left. I don't know how urgent uh, a couple is, but uh, they said there's a few tickets left for some of the earlier games in the week. So, um, you know, if you want to give a proper send off and say goodbye to greatness one more time, I certainly would not stand in your way. I think that's, uh, that's important be a cool thing to say you saw him in the last homestand um yeah we'll have a whole thing about miggy when he retires 
uh, this offseason, you know, when the season officially ends and he's officially retired. But for now, we're going to enjoy one more week of the big fella. I hope he plays first base. Hope he plays first base, uh, whether it's just on Sunday or whether they sprinkle it in a few times throughout the week. I, I hope they let him play first base um, a couple more times. And you play the Royals and Guardians. Like, it's not like you're playing big competition where, like, you have to be optimizing your lineup perfectly to win. Like, you should be able to give Miggy a lot of playing time, have him play the field a little bit, and still win some ball games here to end the year. But I think above all else, even more so than wins and losses, I think people are at the point where, uh, you know, they're watching for Miggy here in these last six games. So... Tip of the cap to a legend. Thanks for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every single day. Free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow. We'll be talking about the Arizona Fall League invites. Uh, not invites, but like official roster for the Detroit Tigers, as well as some other offseason stuff to keep an eye out for. And we'll be back tomorrow. Peace and love. Going to Therapy's Dope. I'll catch you all then, baby. Go Tigers.